What is it, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Outside the Cage. We have a loaded show for you today. We have UFC Mexico City recap, and we also have a fight night preview, Rosenstrick versus Gaziv this weekend. How are we feeling, brother? How's everything going? Feeling great, man. And that Mexico card did not disappoint, unless you're you're a fan of the Mexican fighters only, I guess, because they disappointed the crowd. But that was an electric card from start to finish. The atmosphere was absolutely nuts. It was the loudest crowd I could remember for the first fight of the night in recent memory. Maybe one of those out-of-country cards matched it, but I don't know. It was absolutely popping. Inside the octagon, the knockout of the night didn't even happen inside of the octagon, though. But yeah. Brandon Moreno, man, that was a disappointing performance from him. I... I was texting one of my friends. I said, I hate to say this, but he almost looks a little a little old out there in that fight. It's not, bro. We got to start realizing, and we say all the time, but like how much a loss matters. Once you're on a big run, a loss can just comes quick. Everything just comes so fast. Yeah, that, that balloon gets popped. You yeah, so quickly, man. It's not like Roy Val even looked that great in there. Moreno, he just looked a step slow to me. He wasn't throwing those boxing combos i read one thing that that i thought was very true it was just a random instagram comment but someone said that when moreno fought figgy in that quadrilogy he would stand in the pocket take one to give one he was more of a brawler but lately he's kind of been more technical on the feet dancing around like picking that one big shot he kept just throwing those overhands the overhand left which looks very ugly but it's effective and then the overhand right he wasn't really Throwing too many combos from what I saw. I was I was disappointed with it. I thought the judges got it right. What was your take on that main event? Yeah, I mean, kind of just everything you said. Um, right when it felt like Moreno was going to get going or this was the time to go, it just never – he didn't have that switch. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of kept saying, like, during the fight, like, all right, here he comes, here he comes, here he comes, and he just didn't. Um like, yeah, like you said, I mean, it wasn't anything Roy Vell did. Obviously, he fought a great fight. No discredit to him, but I think the more story of this fight is how Moreno looked and what Moreno didn't do. Um, yeah. Just kind of kind of feel for it. And, like, you just on top of the world one minute, and then you're just – now you lost your last two fights, and it's just hard to see. He's still – I was talking to one of my one of my friends, though, huge fan of Mexican MMA, just Mexican combat sports in general, and he says he puts Moreno above Kane at this point just as the GOAT just bringing the sport forward in that country. We saw the UFC PI in Mexico got built during that week. So even if Moreno's time inside the octagon or his peak might be coming to an end, he still has done an insane amount of things for that country as a whole, the sport of MMA in Mexico. I've got to throw up this scorecard. These were the judges' scorecards from from, uh, from Moival and Moreno. I want you all to look at the one in the middle. If you guys are just listening to audio, Junicho Camingo, however you say his name, scored the fight 49-46 in favor of Brandon Moreno. Yeah. I was baffled when I heard that. I was baffled when I heard split decision. I was like, bro, they're really about to rig this and give it to Moreno. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, it just the other two judges had it 48-47 Roy Val, which I believed was correct. If someone scored at 48-7 or 48-47 Moreno, I would have understood. I wouldn't have agreed, but you can't really be mad at that. And then here's the stats. 
Look at how many strikes Brandon Roy Val threw in this fight compared to Moreno. Volume. Yeah. Even if the percentage was terrible, I, I saw a lot of people saying he was just, you know, throwing shit out there. Well, Moreno wasn't. And 437 strikes to the head. Yeah. That is nuts. I thought Moreno, I thought Moreno's grappling would be able to get the job done once he wasn't able to find it on the feet. But Roy Val was just really good all around. He he was just a better fighter that night on short notice in away territory. And he said he tore his MCL in the first round of the fight. So yeah, I can't really say much. Do you have an opinion on where the flyweight division goes from here? I think we've kind of got to wait till this weekend to really figure things out. But where we stand right now, what do you got for us? Yeah, I mean, you would have to assume. Um, I mean, Muhammad Mikhaev's there. Um, Albazi. I think it's just the waiting game here. There's no one clear up next. It's all about waiting, like we said a lot of times with these title fights in the weight class. It's all about timing. So I think right now there's really no clear guy that that's up next. Um, I don't know. I'm not opposed to Roy Val. Obviously, that's a big one on Brandon Moreno, but I would like to see Amir Albazi, um, something like that. Someone like him get a shot. Yeah, Amir Albazi's really got to be sick to his stomach right now because this was supposed to be his night. And when he was watching that fight, Seeing how Moreno looked in there and Roy Val, he had to be thinking, I could I could have beaten either of these guys. And if he beat Moreno, he 95% would have been up next for the title shot because he's 17-1. and one. He's fresh blood up there in the division. Just a new face. I think he would have gotten that title shot almost guaranteed. I think Mohamed Mokayev has a chance this weekend if he goes out there, beats Perez convincingly. I think he'll be next for the title shot. If he doesn't, maybe you go Roy Val versus Mokayev. You run Albazi versus Perez back, or you go maybe Albazi versus Roy Val. I think you got to do something with Roy Val, Albazi, and Mokayev to figure out who's going to get that next shot versus Pantoja. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Co-main event, co-main event, probably the craziest fight of the night. It didn't, it didn't win fight of the night. But Brian T. City Ortega, before the bell even rung, he rolled his ankle when Bruce Buffer was announcing their names. He was jumping up and down like fighters do, and you just see his ankle buckle, and he goes down, kind of has a look on his face like, oh, shit. Gets fucked up in the first round by by Yair Rodriguez. Ref, I think it was Herb. Herb almost stepped in there and called it at one point. Then Ortega ends up finishing the round on top, dominates the second, gets the submission finish in the third. One of the greatest displays of heart I've seen in there. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, talk about Moreno coming off a loss. Yeah, you're coming off a loss too. Is like, damn. But like, I mean, I don't know. I thought T-City was kind of in the same boat there. Oh, more of that boat, dude. Yeah, yeah. Two, like, (laughs) Mexican fighters lose the main and co-main. Um Shout out Zell Huber and Howard Gee for putting on for the Mexican oh, people there. Man. Big win Zell, for them. Zell Huber, Zell Huber and, Prado. and Prado, baby. Fight of the night. You absolutely called that one. You even called how the fight was going to go. You said Zell Huber's just going to be a little too technical in there for him. Land the better shots. But it's going to be a war. But Zell Huber gets the job done. And Zell Huber impressed me on the mic after the fight, too. He was answering the question in Spanish. Then he would answer in English. 
And you know how much we love that. <laughs> so here's what I got for Zell Huber. I kind of mapped out the year for him. His next fight should be against Nasrat Hawkpross. Hogpross is 28 years old. He's on a three-fight win streak. He's not ranked. He's not right outside the rankings, but he's pretty close. Let's get him on International Fight Week, end of June. Hogpross represents Europe. He represents Afghanistan. Zellhuber represents Mexico. Get the different countries in there. And then if Zellhuber gets out of that with no damage, quick turnaround on the sphere, UFC 306 in September. Wins that end of the year, Zell Huber's a ranked fighter at 24, 25 years old. I'm ready to see it. I like it. It's rock. Then your girl Yasmin, she didn't she didn't deliver for us gambling wise, but she just fought a really smart fight. She had it in hand yeah. from the first two minutes, so you can't really Hopefully say she's back. Hopefully she's back. Yeah. Do you think after getting knocked out, she's kind of going to fight that more conservative, smart, technical style when she's up on the scorecards instead of hunting the finish? Again, it's hard to say like when you're in there, like that's what you're thinking. Um, obviously, when you get knocked out, you're probably going to change your fighting style and who and might be for the better. Um, obviously, like we talk about all the time, like we love the exciting knockouts. We love fighters that go in and just are willing to give one, give one, take one. Um, but a lot of times those fighters don't win. A lot of times that it's not sustainable to a long career and successful career in the UFC. So I'm fine with the way she fought. Um, obviously, we always love finishes. That's not realistic to get a finish every single time. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, a win, unanimous decision. No one knows how the fight win. They just see you win unanimously. So I just, I, I like the way she fought. I'm, I'm glad she won. I'm hoping she's back. Let's go back on another run. Yep, I like that. Maybe ranked opponent next or someone right outside the rankings. Yeah. So got a con got a comment from Anthony Estrada, co-main event, sprained ankle and still won. Absolutely just ridiculous Fancy, display of heart. One win in the last six years. Goes out there, away territory. His ex is in the crowd. And I also like like too, if it wasn't in Mexico and he wasn't fighting Ayer, he would have got a big ovation from the Mexican uh he gets a lot of Mexican support. Yep, even if it was in Mexico and he wasn't fighting that year, yeah. if he was fighting anyone else, he would have had hella support. I remember I went to the weigh-in ceremony when Ortega fought Volk. It was for my 21st birthday, but I was just in Vegas. Um, didn't go to the fight. But the crowd was all Ortega. They were booing Volk, hella Mexican flags in the air. And Ortega flexed on Tracy, bringing in that baddie to the octagon. Everyone knew Tracy Cortez was in the crowd. Bro, the girl that did the face-off with Marab, did you see how hot she was? I did. They showed her on the live broadcast, and I texted one of my friends. I was like, she has one of the nicest pairs I've ever seen. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Insane. It's like a, She's like a Latina Sydney Sweeney. <laughs> Anyone else you liked on this card? A lot of people, honestly, bro. I did not like the judges. They screwed me over on the prelims. They were on some bullshit all night long. There were two, three fights, two that they definitely got wrong. Another two that were questionable, but they were also close fights. So you can't really fault them too much for that. Um, let's see. I had a couple more names written down. Probably can't find them. Yeah, whatever. Uh, Torres, very, very good performance from him. Um, yeah. That's about it, but very exciting. A lot of young fighters showed their promise, built their name for the Mexican fan base. 
Anyone else that stood out to you? No, man. I just want to say shout out to the Mexican crowd. Um, I really like, obviously, you know, I mean, I'm a big fan of life fight nights. So it was good to see for me. Um, I like going to those countries like that. It's a lot of support. I like going to like, you know, we go to um, Mexico, um, China, Spain, Ireland, all those countries like that when we have someone that they can cheer on. So yep. hope to see more of those. Obviously, we want more life fight nights in the U.S. as well. But I love I always love going to those cities. So shout out to everybody for putting on. Shout out to Dana. Shout out to the UFC. So thank you. Uh, yeah. Let's see, Anthony. Yeah, Moreno should have won because it was a tie in the rounds and Brandon is winning that fifth round. I don't know. Personally, I thought Roy Val was controlling the fight ever since the middle of the second round. It was a weird one to score, though, because it was very back and forth. But I, I thought Roy Val won. All right, and speaking of guys getting older, changing hands, time's passing, we got to thinking. The mo- the longest standing champ right now is Leon Rocky Edwards. How crazy is that? He He took the belt in August of 2022, so he's been the champ for about – a year and a half, and he is the longest standing current UFC champion. Guys or girls, anything. Nobody's defended the belt more than twice. Islam's the only other person that has defended it twice. And six of the 11 champs right now have zero title defenses. Zero, which is insane compared to a few years ago when we had Izzy, we had Volk, we had Kamaru. We had them running stuff down there for a long time. And now the belts just seem to keep changing hands. So we're going to run through all of the men's divisions and predict who will be the next person to dethrone the current champ. Some people might be on the fringe of a title shot. Some of them may be way out in the future. So I think this will be a really fun thing to do. We might have some answers that are all over the place. You could start us off at the 125-pound uh, division. Who do you think takes out? Alexandre, many men, Pantoja. I think the most likely to dethrone him has got to be Amir Albazi. Um, just off the simple fact that I think he probably gets the next shot. Um, I would, you would like to hope, but um, yeah, I mean, like we talked about, there's a big fight this weekend, but other than that, I think Albazi's been kind of the guy next up, the guy in waiting. Obviously, he's supposed to fight Moreno. If he would have been. If he would have beat Moreno like Ravel did, I'm, I'm Albazi for sure would have been next up. So I think he's probably one fight away or he gets the next title shot. So I think it's Amir Albazi that can dethrone him. All right. I got to go with Mohamed Mokayev, 23 years old. He's a dog. Our third round submission bet, automatic cash. I think Albazi just really messed up by not fighting last week. Obviously, it was stuff that that was out of his control, but Mokayev's going to go in there, have a stellar performance. He's going to have all the momentum, and I think he's going to pass Albazi for that title shot. I don't even know if he beats Pantoja, but you know they have yeah. no issue doing rematches at that flyweight division, and Mokayev's only 23 years old, so he's going to be there for a long time. All right, now we move on to the division where the champ's never going to lose. Realistically, Sugar Sean's going to win, defend as many times as he wants, vacate it, move up to 145, maybe go for triple champ status at 155. Who knows? But in a parallel universe, who do you think could dethrone Sugar Sean? Um, who do I think can? I mean, obviously, you'd probably have to go Marab here. That's my answer. Um, but So, yeah, Marab's my answer. But as I was getting into this, I want to think like, 
if he beats Marab, again, we gotta you gotta beat Cheeto first. You gotta beat Cheeto. Um, if he beats Marab, I don't see who else can beat him. I'm looking at the list here. It's out. Mm-hmm. Aldo, Aldo's not coming back to 35. Corey Sean Higgins, a stylistic good matchup for Sugar Sean. Peter Dion, been there, done that. Cheeto Vera would have already been there, done that. Henry Suduho retired. Song Gedong, who knows if he ever gets a shot. Biggie getting up there in age. Rob Font, good matchup. Like if he beats this guy, if he beats Cheeto and he beats Marab, he has about as long as he wants it. That's my take from from my research I did on this one. Yep, I went way down the list to Umar Nurmagomedov. He's honestly probably the scariest person right now to me in that division. If if Sugar had the choice of fighting Marab or Umar, I would maybe choose Marab right now. I can't even lie, bro. I'm insanely high on Umar Nurmagomedov. The reason he doesn't fight more, it's not because he doesn't want to. I know he had to pull out of his last fight due to injury, but I guarantee you that this guy is getting turned down left and right. He's getting that Islam Makachev treatment. I would yeah. put I'd put my life savings on it. To be fair, that's not very much, but I would still do it. So yeah, I'm gonna go Umar Nurmagomedov. I don't hopefully by the time he's at the top, Sugar's long gone, already at 145. But we shall see. Yes, sir. 155. This is a tough one because obviously the champ Islam Makachev is extremely dominant right now. It might be a while before somebody beats him. I'm guessing we're going to have some pretty random ones on this one. What do you got for us? Oh, I skipped 145. My bad. Yeah, I'm yeah, still yeah, heartbroken yeah. about that. I, I put that division out. I blocked it out of my mind for <laughs> my own well-being. But Ilya Toporia also might be the champ for a really long time. Who do you got yeah. for us here? It's hard to find one here. Um, I just went Evalev. I Dude, if Evalev gets a title shot with no finishes, I will not like that one bit. Yeah, I know man, he's 8-0 yeah. in the UFC and he has impressive wins, but I just can't stand that, bro. He's a decisionator, which I hate. So I kind of I, I cheated here. Can't lie. I said Max, but if Max doesn't fight Ilya, then I'm going Diego Lopes. Mm. Call me crazy, call me crazy, but I mean, he almost beat Evalev on a short notice fight, and he has been on a tear lately. I know that he he had a rough start to his career, lost in the contender series, worked his way back, but he's 29 years old, still has probably three, four more years at his prime in that featherweight division. If he goes on a tear like he has been, I think he could be the guy to beat Elia, or at least has the best chance of beating Ilya. I don't really know if anyone is besides I should have said Sugar actually. What am I doing? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, that's, true. That's, that's the one. True. that's the one. That's the one, yeah. Um lightweight division. I went with my guy Armand Saryukian. Mm. I just think he's technical. I think he's the best. He's a top 5 guy, I think. Yeah, um oh, after sure. the old guys, I think he's up there. I think he's I think he's going to be winning for a long time. So, yeah, I mean it's a shot in the dark. You know the way that um, Islam looks, but I think that's that's who I'm going to go with. Is Saryukian? Hey, he's one crazy performance away from the title shot. Depend the cards can fall a lot of different ways after UFC 300. Yeah, with Max Gaethje, Charles Saryukian, but he could very well be getting that next title shot. I went Benoit Saint Denis here. He's 28 years old, four years younger than Islam. That's my key. Even if he doesn't beat Dustin Poirier, I. I think he will right now, but even if he doesn't, he still has four years in the bank on Islam. So say Islam holds on to the belt for another three years. He's 35. 
Saint Denis, or he's yeah, Islam would be thirty six. Saint Denis would be thirty two. I like that a lot for my guy Benoit. A lot of those lightweights above him are a lot older than him, and the guys below him are a lot younger. Yeah. So he's going to be one of those guys age-wise at that sweet spot to take out Islam. I kind of just looked at that because Father Time's undefeated. And I don't really know who could defeat Islam right now besides Father Time. Yeah, I agree. Welterweight, we might have the same one here. There's a pretty popular answer, I believe. So who yeah, do you think be, is most likely? Time. Yeah, got to be Shafka Rachmanov, 29 years old, insanely well-rounded, has a good style to beat Leon, could probably withstand him on the feet, keep up, maybe not beat him. But when he gets him to the ground, it might be trouble. Yeah. I think Leon holds the belt a while, man. He's really good, bro. Seeing how he looked against Bilal, I mean, Bilal's as good of a grappler as you'll find at that 170-pound division. He was hurting Bilal before Bilal got saved by the eye poke. Yeah. All right, 185. I got a weird one here. This division, the belt has changed hands the last four fights. Ever since Izzy defended it, nobody has had a successful defense. So I could guess who yours is. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to go Izzy. I just think he gets another shot, and I think he wins. Yeah, I uh, I wanted to say that, just the simple answer, but I went a little out of the box here. So that middleweight division's weird right now. We've seen a lot of those guys already fight each other, so I was looking for a fresh face who's on a hot streak, who's not there yet, but maybe two really good performances, and he'd be looking at a title shot. Let's go Anthony Fluffy Hernandez. I picked Drikas to be the middleweight champ based off of 290 when we saw him in person. He didn't disappoint. I saw Fluffy break my heart in person, and now I'm a fan. So I'm saying the next guy to dethrone Drikas Duplessis will be Anthony Fluffy Hernandez, and it might be in two years. So, so maybe one. Has the belt that long? I think he defends once, drops out of a fight or two, and then. You know, I think he finds a way to keep it. It might not be from defending a lot of times, but I just think he's going to find a way. He's going to say, UFC Africa, UFC Africa, come on. I got you. All right, light heavyweight division. Um, I had to go with my guy, Jamal Sweet Dreams. I just don't like anyone in the light heavyweight division, honestly. I mean, yeah, Yuri, we've seen that. Ankalaev, I guess. Jan Blahovic, we've seen that. I mean, I guess it's, you'd have to say Ankalaev or Jamal Hill. But again, it's tough for Jamal Hill the, the time he's fighting him. Um, if Jamal Hill was, was to come off injury and healthy, then yes, I think Jamal Hill gives him a good look. But we talked about a couple weeks ago or last week that it's bad timing for Jamal, bad matchup coming out of an injury like that. Um, but there's no one else that I like at light heavyweight division. I mean, I don't know. I think yeah. I think, I think think Alex holds the belt here a long time too. Yeah, the, I picked... I picked Ankalaev only because Jamal is coming back off the injury. I think I think that would be about even money if Jamal was coming into this off of a good performance. But just with the circumstances, especially it being an Achilles, just not very, very confident in Jamal against Pereira in this fight. But Ankalaev, I think he's good enough on the feet to survive with Pereira for a little bit. And if he gets it to the ground, Poton's fucked, plain and simple. Ankalaev has Dagestani wrestling. He has the submission game. If he gets it to the ground, I think Pereira's in for a long night. So, yeah, I'm I'm all over Ankalaev in the 205 division. Yeah. 
And heavyweight, weird one. I mean, pretty obvious answer. Does Aspinall even count? No. So I had Aspinall written down, but then I thought about it. I don't think. I mean, he's I in my eyes, he's the champ right now. Yeah, I, I think so, too. So the person I have for him is Jalton Almeida. Um, I think he's kind of the new heavyweight, kind of athletic. He's long, um, can wrestle, can strike. So I think he gives Aspinall a challenge just athletically and possibly can get it done somehow, some way. Yep, I had Almeida as well, unfortunately. Yeah, I wouldn't. Well, I don't want him to be the heavyweight champ. It'd be about as least exciting heavyweight championship fights as you could have, but it yeah. might just happen. Speaking of heavyweight, this week we are back in the apex. Jarzinho, Rosenstrike versus Shamil Gaziev. Um, heavyweight matchup here. Um, Gaziev minus 150, Rosenstrike plus 125. Um, Gaziev is undefeated at 34 years old. He is coming off a knockout win. On a knockout win versus Martin Boudet and a submission win on contender series, so only his second UFC fight. Big matchup for him here. UFC veteran Rosenstrike, what do you got? It's an interesting one. Before I get into the fight, I just want to say this one is not on the UFC for being in the Apex. So this card was originally supposed to be the UFC's debut in Saudi Arabia. But get this, Saudi Arabia complained because it wasn't a good enough card. But when you look at it, bro, it's good. The top I was looking four right now, fights, yeah. They especially all with, have, especially, yeah. Especially with Rojas getting added, it's a good, it's a good card. Bro, they all have undefeated prospects from that area of the world fighting decent guys that are gonna propel them into big, big fights. And the Saudis have the they have the what's the word I'm looking for? They have the fucking balls to complain about that. That is nuts to me. They haven't hosted hey. one fight and they just want to go straight to the top. Eric. Eric Anders versus Jimmy Pickett, the seventh fight of the nights. That's crazy. That's a good. That's a good fight. That's what I'm saying. We're yeah. The card order on this one's a little weird. I've seen Anders on the main card on some sites. I've seen him on the seventh at some sites. Yeah. But either way, Steve Urseg versus uh, versus fuck, who's he fighting? Oh, uh, Snell. Urseg versus Snell. That's a really good fight at flyweight too. So yeah, let's start it from the top. We got Biggie Boy Jarzinho Rosenstruck taking on. How do you say his name? Gazi. I'll just say Gazeev. It's a lot easier. But Gazeev's from Dagestan. And that's scary enough right there. A Dagestani heavyweight? Ugh, it gives me chills. He actually grew up under Khabib's dad for a few years. And then didn't fight MMA for most of his athletic prime. Got back into it in 2020. Went to this gym in Bahrain. Same one that Mokayev trains at. And then he's been on a tear ever since then. You watch him fight. He's just very technical. Good boxer. Good everywhere, honestly. The gas tank's a little questionable, but hey, he's a heavyweight, so I think you got to give him a pass. I think he's, a, I think he could be a guy. I don't think he's a title contender, but I think he could be a top ten, top five heavyweight for a few years. I do yeah, think I he gets. I think he gets the job done versus Rosenstrick. Rosenstrick, he's two and three in his last five, but I mean, his only losses are against really good guys. Let me read off Rosenstrick's losses real quick. He lost to Francis Ngannou, Cyril Gon, Curtis Blades, Alexander Volkov, and Yeltsin Almeida. So, I mean, not really a bad loss in there. So, is Gazeev that good? That's that's what we'll you find got. Out. Yeah. I think with the age included as well, I, I really like Gazeev here, though. Especially for the odds. Yeah, definitely. Um, next fight, I want to talk about Alex Perez versus Mohamed Makayev. 
big matchup here at Flyway. We just talked about Mikhaev, um recently, last couple of minutes about where he stands in that flyweight division. One big win away here. One maybe big finish away from here from getting a top five fight. Not bad. How to get my sip of beer in. Dude, I've got to, before I get into the analysis, we have got to go third round submission here from Okada. Oh, yeah. His last three fights have been a third round submission and they have all been sketchy as shit. Didn't we hit on that last time? <laughs> yes, bro. I think the la- uh, you did last time. You called it last time. And the time before that, I think we just did submission. Yeah. But we've got to keep if it ain't if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So that's my bet for this. I'll just put that out there right now. Muhammad Makayev, third round submission. Bro, 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 bro. Alex Perez has five submission losses. Yep. Yep. His last two losses are by submission. Dude, when I saw this, I said, Oh my gosh, this is really gonna happen again. Yeah. So if y'all are listening, that one person right now on the stream, you're hearing this. Muhammad Mokayev, third round submission. Come on. Yeah, I mean, all in on it. Alex Perez, since 2020, or since 2021, actually, he's fought two times and he's had nine canceled bouts. You know how much we hate that shit. <laughs> and in those two times, he did lose to Figgy and he lost to Pantoja. So he lost to the two of the three former champs can't fault him for that and he's fighting another really good guy here and i also got to lean towards everyone from the middle east in this card this was originally supposed to be in saudi arabia they put a lot of the hot prospects on here and they want those fans to go home happy some of those guys aren't on the card anymore but there are some that still are such as these guys so i'm all over the middle eastern guys for the most part on this card Umar Nurmagomedov finally gets a fight. Bro, and he couldn't even fight somebody that's had a fight in the UFC before. See what I'm saying? Nobody wants to fight the guy, bro. I know. At, what are I the? Know. Do you have the odds? How do you get it done? I know it's some crazy shit. I want to say he's like minus 725. He's minus 1,500. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I can't even say that that's wrong either. Cause How's he going to win? Dude, however he wants. He could submit you. He could Dagestani you. But he's also landed like spinning kicks on people. Nasty. He has a nasty stand-up. Yeah. I think he is one of the two best brothers in MMA right now. His brother Usman Nurmagomedov. In my opinion, the second best lightweight in the world currently. He did get popped for steroids, but we'll let bygones be bygones because... I, I invested in him making it to the top one day. Yeah. So, yeah, best brothers in MMA. They're cousins with Khabib, I think. They grew up under that same roof. This guy trains yeah. at the same gym as Gazeev. They're locked in. They got all the coaches out there. They've had this date circled in the gym for, for months and months and months, I'm sure. Yeah, that's right. Um, last fight we're going to talk about here, Raw Rosas, Ricky Tessarios rescheduled. Does he anything – about the rescheduling change your original opinion on the fight um i mean if rosas was sick i can't really help his case right yeah i haven't seen if the odds have adjusted very much lately i'm not i'm not even positive if the ufc's confirmed this 100 to be on the card yet but everyone's just kind of putting it on the card 
Yeah. And I think as long as both fighters are ready to go, they'll be on it. Maybe they'll do a catch weight at 140, 145, some ultimate fighter shit when they have to miss a fight. Let's see. Rosas still at minus 230, so hasn't really moved that much closer um, yet. So I, I, I'm going to be rooting for the kid, but my brain tells me to sprinkle a little bit, a little bit on Ricky here. Yeah, I agree. I also just have to call out another bet I'm really feeling. Eric Anders versus, Jay, versus Jamie Pickett. Jamie Pickett, he's on a four-fight losing streak. Three of them have been by submission. Eric Anders, he's been doing a lot of those grappling-only tournaments lately, the Fury grappling stuff. He's He hasn't won by submission a lot lately, but I just see that avenue here. Let's go Anders by sub. I'm with I got it. that one. And then... Um, I had one other fight. Oh, yeah. Tyson Pedro and Vitor Petrino. Co-main event. Petrino, 10 and 0, 26 years old. Another, another good prospect. Like, I don't know how they're complaining about this card. I sound like a broken record, but anyway. He trains out of the CM system in Brazil. They kind of have an interesting methodology here. They don't focus on striking or jujitsu. Their focus is mixing it up. And you see it in the film. He'll be having success. He'll be having success on the feet. Go for the takedown. He'll be having success on the ground. Kind of let him back up. Take it to the feet. They just, I think the reason they do it is because they don't want to give their an opponent their opponents a chance to settle in. Yeah, and it's pretty cool. I, he's fun to watch fight, and he had a nasty check hook in his last fight. Had a very nice knockout against uh, Modestus Bakaukis and Tyson Pedro. He's 10 and 4. All 10 of his wins have come in the first round. So as long as Petrino survives that first round, I expect him to take this one. Yes, sir. Is it time for the uh what the fuck of the week? Yes, sir. Let's get there. Um, pretty obvious one for anybody that's on Twitter, Instagram. The UFC Mexico City crowd was absolutely electric. 22,000 people up in that John. They were all faded, I'm guessing, drinking the Modelos, the Coronas. I'll just let the video do the talking. This is the knockout of the night. There was a lot of submissions, but this was the best knockout of the night for sure. Nuts. Oh, that's just God-given power right there. That straight left. Bro, I love how the dude that the dude that knocks him out, you could just tell he's hammered. Yeah. Right after he hits him, just kind of stumbles back, picks up his hat, puts it on, and he's like, yeah, just doesn't really know what to do. Crazy. Dude, I saw Dana was talking about in the press in the in the press conference after the fight. He was like, bro, it, it was crazy to me how there was just no one breaking it up. No security, yeah. no fans, no one was stepping in. Everyone just kind of cleared out like it was in high school and they just let him do their thing. And yeah, I mean, that's just some Mexico shit. I love it. Yeah, definitely. Let him rock. I I wouldn't be bumping into anyone's shoulders there. I'd say I'd say my bad. And just let someone walk by. I'm not trying <laughs> to end up like that guy. Facts. <laughs> it ain't worth it. And you know, I'll just close since Ricky didn't fight. I'll just close it out with this video again. You got any parting words for us till till next I week? Know. I'm good. Right, See we'll you guys next week. We'll get the bets up there. Deuces. You watching right now on the TV. You know what I'm saying? And all I say to you, 
is I hope you chase those dreams with a burning desire. With a burning desire and through all the fire and through all the flame and through all the pain, I hope that you find happiness deep in your heart. I wish nothing but prosperity and abundance in your life.